Hey, welcome back to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Roots Show. As promised on the last episode, today I'm showcasing the music of Carolyn Cotter. And I hope you guys have as much fun listening to the interview as I did with her. Let's start things off, though, with a track from Emily Scott Robinson off her new album, Traveling Mercies. This is the title track. Traveling mercies, my lover, my friends. Traveling mercies till I see you again. Traveling mercies out on that road. Traveling mercies. May love bring you home These days have been dark These days have been dark Feels like our world is coming apart I've been praying so hard Praying so hard Now, I think it's a good time, since the interview runs a little long, guys, to 
bring you right into the interview that I had with Carolyn Cotter showcasing her new album, Home on the River. Caroline, at what age did you notice yourself getting into music? And more specifically, when did you start playing the guitar? I got into music really early. I had my own Fisher-Price record player (laughs) and my own record collection, in addition to my parents' record collection and their record player. But Mm -hmm. um, we had a piano at my house, and I have two older siblings, a brother and a sister, and they're five and six years older than I am, and so they were well into piano lessons and flute and trumpet lessons when I was really little. And so being around that was formative. And after, I think it was three or four, my my sister and brother didn't start piano lessons until they were five, which is sort of a typical time, the earliest that you would want to give a child piano lessons. Yes, absolutely. I think because of my enthusiasm and my interest in it, sitting at the piano for hours a day, my mom agreed to let me have piano lessons earlier. So that's when I got into music. Were there any um, musicians in your family that kind of inspired you to lean more towards the guitar? My Well, my brother played the guitar um, when I was in middle school. He was in high school. And I, watching him and and the songs that he was playing and how he could sing along pretty easily, it um, it made me realize that what I really what I really wanted was to play an instrument that could accompany me singing and I could travel around with. Like pianos um, aren't aren't as available <laughs> always as guitars are. I, I find guitars to be much more available. So yes. that was my that was my inspiration for starting to play the guitar. Why did you take the risk of becoming a full-time musician? That's a really good question. I had other jobs for nine years after college. Like? Like I taught English to little kids in Thailand for the first year after college and then I worked at a university in Spain as an administrative assistant and on the side taught English to children as well. I I was in grad school for educational psychology. I wanted to continue with international education but wanted to learn a bit more about different teaching styles and, and education in general. And so I studied in Colorado and worked at a, a school for zero to six-year-olds. I was with the three and four-year-olds. Ah, and you, my dear saints. That was taxing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was, um, <laughs> it's, it's not a job for everybody. And what I realized was that I was getting more and more into songwriting and, and, playing in bands and realized that teaching is not a day job. It's a lifestyle. It's like yeah. it's it's an it's a full on you can't do much else. At least at least I couldn't do much else as a teacher. Yeah. yeah um yeah. and so uh after after grad school I decided to find a day job that could truly be a day job. Um, okay. And I, I wanted to keep it in my field of interest, and I was really lucky to find a job that did that for me. And, and it was it was a great company that I worked for in Portland 
called CIEE, and that stands for the Council of, on International Educational Exchange. So it's an exchange student type company, travel. And it was great. I worked for them for three and a half years, and during that time was able to work more on my music and record more, and and just working at the company was really great. I, I made a lot of friends, both within the company and with the people that we, we worked with overseas. I got to go all over the world and see a lot of places that I hadn't been before and, and meet a lot of different people. So that, that job was really great. So let's rewind here. Uh, you had uh, a few other albums before starting your professional ones, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. I started writing songs in 2007, and I was that summer living in southern Maine, and I went, I went with a friend to a studio and recorded all of the songs that I had written that summer, and this was... This was, yeah, I guess it was during the time of MySpace and CD, was it CD? No, it was Disc Maker, I guess, that I made. I made about 100 copies and decided that I was going to share them with people, sell them as I played open mics or on the street or whatever I was doing at that point. I played a lot on the street. And so it was fun to have something that was my original music to share with people. And, and so I did that in... in 2007 and then that continued the as I continued to write songs I just made short run production of of the the CDs that I was making and they were all one track mostly one take um, I did record them at studios but I didn't have other musicians involved and it was it was very simple it was like a, a three-hour project so that it, it was more like a $300 project. So where do you draw the most inspiration from as a musician and who were or are your musical mentors? Ooh, um, I think the people that I've met most recently in Maine have been, have acted like as mentors <clears throat> to me. When I moved to Maine, I started to meet other musicians who had been touring around and playing shows and doing what I had hoped to do. And so my friend Putnam Smith became a mentor for me, and he helped me with that first Kickstarter campaign, and so did Connor Garvey, who's another singer-songwriter out of Portland. And yeah, I, th I think having the community that, that I had when I lived in Portland, there, there were a lot of friends and people that I looked up to that were helpful. And... I saw as mentors. How do you specifically gather inspiration for your music? That's a hard question to answer because my initial response would be travel. I move mm. around a lot and I experience a lot and that's but but I don't think that's really it because I think it's just it's just the day-to-day -day and, and observation and really feeling things deeply. That's where I gather my inspiration. It's not, not in anything really out of the ordinary. It's just in, in the ordinary experiences that we all have. Do you mind if we talk about the Dream As I Do uh, album for a minute? Sure. 
So what was the inspiration for the album as a whole? And then I wanted to ask about one of my uh, top favorite songs on that, Mm -hmm. which is Pollyanna. Oh, interesting. That's okay. So that, that album was a half newish songs for that that year that I was working on it and then mm-hmm. half of those songs were from older albums I don't know if you realized this but 2008 was um, when I wrote or 2007 is when I wrote Pollyanna and then it ended up on a 2008 CD that I made so it, the the I guess dreaming as I do is a little bit of like a compilation um, ah, maybe okay. but also just it, it was um, an effort to to share what at the time I hoped were my best songs with um, sure. with a wider audience. That was the idea. Sure. Um, I I called in other musicians to play on on the songs and who I had. Let's see, Joe Walsh, Joe K. Walsh. Not um, mm-hmm. he's a musician in Maine and Boston um, area. He played mandolin and um, and some guitar, lead guitar on the album. I had a trumpet player named Mark Tipton play on the album. He mm-hmm. lived in New York for a while, and then he lived in Portland for a little bit, and then he moved up to Bar Harbor um, more recently. I just saw him perform up there. Um, I had... Gosh, this is going back a while now. Um, Adam Frederick, he's a bass player. Um, yep. He played on some of the songs. Um, Steve Roy is another bass player who played on, on some of the songs. He lives now in, in, in southern Maine. Um, he used to live in Portland as well. He's, he's playing now a lot with his partner who is also... She plays the guitar and the mandolin and sings... So they, they do some duo things now. I just saw a lovely video of them recently. And who else played on that album? You know, it, it feels like so long ago now because it came out in 2015, but a lot of the work happened in in 2013 and 14. So, so it really does feel like a long time ago at this point. So if you wouldn't mind playing a couple of tunes that were pretty successful for you on the Dream As I Do. Mm-hmm. I had a show in Campton, New Hampshire last night um, oh, yeah. at a little coffee shop called Mad River Coffee House. This was my fourth or fifth time playing there. It was really fun when the owner told me that last year he had somebody come in and they did a show and their guitar player, he didn't remember anybody's name, but the guitar player played a couple of songs, maybe one original song, and then this other song, which Dave, the owner of the coffee house, recognized. And he said, hey, that's a Caroline Cotter song. <laughs> and he said, yeah, yeah, it's, it is. Um, so anyway, this song is called Bella Blue. Yes. Do you sing, Devin? I do, yes. Do you want to sing with me? Sure. Okay.
Talking a minute ago about Pollyanna, mm -hmm. you were starting to uh, say a little bit of the inspiration behind that. Mm. Yeah, Pollyanna. That was I left. I left the U.S. and moved to Spain. I saved up enough money that summer so that I could do the Camino de Santiago, which is a mm -hmm. a long pilgrimage across northern Spain. I had learned about it. In college and, and, and through some some books, Paulo Coelho wrote a book called El Camino, and I read that and was inspired to do it. So I I left. I left the U.S. and I moved to Spain, and I, I walked 30 days across northern Spain, and, and during that time I wrote four songs. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to figure out the songs when I arrived at the place where I was staying. Yep, so I wrote Pollyanna on that on that trip. Can you maybe play a verse or, or sure. a verse and chorus on that? Sure. Let's see if I can remember it. I don't play it often anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I suppose, and I'm I'm a little. It's funny, you know. Now, thirteen years later, it's funny to remember the way that I was feeling in my early twenties, leaving the U.S. and moving to Spain. And I had left a couple of broken hearts, and I was sad about it. And so I was. I, I suppose that's what inspired Pollyanna. So let's talk about your new release. Mm -hmm. So, where did the inspiration behind the Home Along the River? Yeah. Come from? I I wrote all of the songs for Home on the River, including Home on the River on the Road, which was how and how I was and how I'm still living. I after I left my job at the very beginning of twenty fifteen, I I soon after left an apartment and put all of my stuff in storage and booked a uh, crazy amount of shows all over the place, all over the U.S. and mm -hmm. and and throughout Europe, so that I wouldn't need an apartment, and so that I could right. so I could share my music with as many people far and wide as I could, and so that was the project for 
You know, it started as a project for six months, and then that wasn't long enough, so it ended up being a year, and then that wasn't long enough, and now it's been five years, and <laughs> um, and I, yeah, Home on the River is, mm-hmm. is both, uh, both from that, th- those few years between Dreaming As I Do and the release of this, but also it reflects a lot on, on what I do consider home, which happens to be s- New England, and and specifically southern Maine at this point where my mother lives. She's from there, and she grew up in a house on a river, and that song does reference that house and that place. Geographically, where's your music taking you? I wanted I wanted music to be a vehicle for my exploration of this country. And so that is what it was able to do. It, it took me all over the place. I met people at little bar coffee shop shows that I did, and those developed into different things and played house concerts. And now, after five years, I've played shows in 45 states and traveled through 48. I've only missed two states. Um, Which... Which now, are now <laughs> well, Hawaii. It takes a flight that I haven't haven't taken yet. I've I've tried a couple of times to figure out how to play in Hawaii, and it just hasn't happened yet. But I would love to have that happen someday. And um, maybe it will now. Maybe it will now. And North Dakota. I still haven't been to North Dakota. Where have been like some of your personal favorites? It's not so much the places but the people and the venues i've had some really nice experiences and surprising i suppose in florida and in oklahoma and in indiana all over new england but that doesn't it's closer to home so just yes yeah the netherlands has been really really great i've continued to go back there and, and northern germany has been has been surprisingly wonderful as well. What are some personal goals that you want to achieve through your music? Well, I think just the general sharing of music with people is the goal. I I like singing. I like it when other people sing. I like um, how music connects connects me with with people and and opens doors into communities that wouldn't have opened otherwise. Um, it's been such a gift in that way. I, I, what I love is, especially house concerts, I, I might go to a house concert and, and the vibe is, is maybe a little bit reserved or closed or people aren't really sure what they're right. getting into and and just people's body language changing from, and my own as well. It's not not other people as as just everybody there's there's something that really that after a show and I've shared my music it just opens people up in this way that is such a beautiful experience there's yeah lots of connectedness it's it's just it's it's been the biggest gift of music for me if you were to produce another album what do you think that would sound like funny you should ask because i just last week was in new york working on my new album oh okay okay so i know exactly what it would sound like (laughs) 
Okay. Um, Do you want to give us a little taste of it, or? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard hard to give you a taste of the recorded version since you know it's just you and me and my guitar. But yeah. I I can play I can play a little bit of one of the songs that is going to be on it. Sure. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, which one? Yeah, here's one of the new songs. Okay. Don't wait for the sun to rise to get out of bed. Don't wait for money to get you ahead. Don't wait for praise to feel. So what specifically drew you to uh, play shows in Vermont and more specifically the Reebok Farm? I have um, a couple of friends who live in Brattleboro and I haven't found other places to play in Brattleboro. So I asked them some ideas um, for some ideas uh, and they, they they mentioned the farm and the people... I haven't I haven't met the the owners oh, the man the managers of the farm by just the interactions that we've had by email they've they've been very welcoming and nice so I'm I'm very I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's maybe have you play one of your more requested tunes that's going to be sure on tonight. Sure. One of the songs that. I think has been more of the the touching ones recently that I play is from this this album Home on the River and it's a song called 143 and it's a song that I wrote for my grandmother after mm-hmm. she died the the reason I mention it is because I this was now 
six years ago, and every day since then I've been receiving messages from her. And the message is pretty clear to me. I know that it's her because she and my grandfather, for their 70-plus year relationship, wrote to each other a code on notes and messages. Their code for I love you is 143 because there's one letter in I, four letters in love, and three letters in you. Um, So that's where this song came from. It's called 143. Breathing stopped and made three dots. I sat beside the bed. Your eyes were closed, and I hugged you close and squeezed your fragile hands. I whispered, You are doing well. you free and now you belong to someone new but that night you belonged to me so I drove a thousand miles west of where I thought was home the shocks of
love that. I think that you should play Home on the River. Okay. It's the title track. And I don't play it at my shows very often because I like the way it sounds with bass and drums, and you'll hear it in the recording. But it's 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 kind of it's fun, you know. It's um, a little groovy. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Love got roots that go deep and grow deeper. The more I leave my Okay, guys, I realize we're running a little bit long here, but I wanted to play one more track for you before I go. Here's Clara Baker off of her album, Things to Burn, with Doubt. Oh! 
At the moment, I'm working on several new shows that I think you guys will absolutely love. Stay tuned for another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show.